From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today, I'm talking to my good friend, Paul McNeil, about the FTX debacle. Coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, November 14th, 2022. Now, look. This week, I'm going to try to get people on the show just to talk about what's going on. There's a lot of things out there. I can read you headlines all day. News is always breaking. But what does that news mean? Well, I'm going to try to figure that out. I'm going to try to let you know what that means by getting people on the show to talk about those headlines. Today, I talked to Paul McNeil, the crypto curator. And he's been on the show many times. He's my first go-to because he's always willing to talk. And we always have decent conversations. So we're going to get into that right after these crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. The time is 1054 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $16,550. It is down 0.2% in 24, 20% in 7. Ethereum is at $1,245, up 1.1% in 24, and 21.6% down in 7. Tether's number 3. Binance is number 4 at 278, down 0.6% in 24, and USDC is number 5. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Dogecoin, Cardano, and Matic. Matic is up 2.2% in 24, but down 27% in 7. Where is Solana in all this? Well, it's down 2% in 24 or 60% in 7 days. It's at 13.69. The total market cap is at 833.2 billion, down 0.2% in 24, a BTC dominance of 38.2, and an F dominance of 18.3. And like I said in the intro, it's going to be a conversation with Paul McNeil with some headlines mixed in. Enjoy. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator. How you doing? Good morning, sir. Hey, Matthew. Doing good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Look, this weekend has been crazy. I've been uh, moving around quite a bit, and we never gave the listeners of the Decrypt Daily a good um, conversation about the affairs, the events that have been unfolding. Obviously, we know the SBF, FTX, FTT, FTXUS situation, but I want to go a little bit deeper to a couple of actually a lot of different, I guess, facets of this. Uh, Just in brief summary for everybody that's listening, FTX is insolvent. They're broke. They're bankrupt. FTX US is broke, insolvent, is bankrupt. Alameda Research, the investment arm, the trading arm of FTX and all that, they're broke, insolvent, they're bankrupt. And this seems to be all of a scam uh, orchestrated by SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO of FTX, and his posse that all lived in one big mansion together and having orgies or whatever the hell they were doing over there with their billions of dollars. It is absolutely a super weird situation. It's going to touch a lot of different places in the industry. 
But I want to talk about contagion today of other coins. I want to talk about the exchanges um, and some of the, um, for lack of a better word, fuckery uh, we're seeing with moving F around for you know balance sheets. Uh, I want to see, talk about crypto.com, B. Binance, Coinbase, are they legit? Kevin Leary made some comments about regulation in the space and institutional investment. Uh, you've made a great uh, you know, article post, a blog post about who do you really listen to in this space when you have so many, I guess, influencers in air quotes uh, telling you what to do. And also Decrypt came out with some uh, headlines today that I want to go over. So Paul, I know that was a big intro. You're just sitting there looking at me like, hurry up, let's wrap this up. Let's let's get into this. Uh, but first is with this, FTT is totally down to, down to the, the crapper right now. They used FTT to collateralize a lot of these real money loans and then they just blew it and then used customer funds to try to backstop their shitty trading. Do you see that there's going to be a contagion to other cryptos? Um, we saw Solana go down like 80% or something crazy. Where, where do you see this going, man? Yeah, no, Matthew, this one is definitely different. And I know everybody says, you know, this time is different. This time, again, is different because you're looking at somebody that reached into every corner of crypto. As I curated news about this thing, as it was unfolding, Matthew, I mean, you, you just rambled off a ton of different areas of crypto that's been exposed with SBF. And it, it's just, it goes deeper. And so, yeah, when you look at what's going on with SPF and what's going on with FTX, will it have contagion to other cryptos? Of course it will, because all of these different trading pairs, all of the investment that SPF made into all of these other companies. I mean, I don't know where this thing ultimately stops. So one thing I'm thinking about when it comes to contagion um, and we're, we're just talking, you know, we're just wrapping out. One thing I think about the contagion is I don't know if there's a specific coin. I think Solana was kind of built up by them, you know, and the, and the price of Solana um, at the same time, though, I'm wondering how much of the crypto prices were actually market made by these people that were just kind of like, you know, shifting cryptos around and creating their own markets and their own prices. Um, because as we saw, it looks as though they all had a investments in each other and all were sharing almost customers funds. Do you think that I think, let me just say that I, I am worried that the crypto price was either propped up artificially by them and their, in their insider trading and their coins and their, and their leverage collateral and we're going to have a hard time actually getting the retail investors to see the market caps we saw before. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and I'm glad you said crypto because this is about crypto. It is not about Bitcoin. And listen, while Bitcoin's going to be impacted somewhat, this has nothing to do with Bitcoin and Bitcoin has nothing to do with this crap with the SBF. As a matter of fact, it was uh, Naib Bukele that came out and said Bitcoin is drastically different than FTX, right? Why? Because Bitcoin was created to stop this exact thing that we're faced with right now. So, yeah, I think crypto prices, if anybody's dealing with crypto, yeah, you're probably in trouble. If you're dealing with Bitcoin, I think you're safe. So define that, though. What is the difference between Bitcoin and crypto? I mean, and if your Bitcoin is on an exchange, then you're basically part of the same ecosystem of fuckery, if you will. You know, for lack of that's a technical term I hear in, you know, in, in these you know economic forums and stuff. So uh, what is the difference? Define that for me. 
Yeah, so for me, and again, this is where the, the, the little stick is. And, and even myself, listen, I am not, you know, I'm, I'm not outside of this because I'm wrapped up in it too. Not FTX. Let me be clear, not FTX. If you're buying Bitcoin and you're holding Bitcoin anywhere other than a cold storage wallet or with a provider that does multi-sig, you are probably going to get screwed. This is the difference between Bitcoin. Bitcoin was created to, as they say, not your keys, not your cheese, right? So if you're not holding the keys to your Bitcoin, you're in trouble. And I've been exposed to it just like everybody else. I've held assets on third-party platforms. I did not control the keys. And guess what happened to that Bitcoin? Bye-bye. It's gone. So unless you're holding your keys, that's the game. I mean, the not your keys, not your cheese is, uh, you know, a very everybody should know that by now. Um, and yeah. if they have figured out how to do it by now or not, that's on them. And then that's where personal yeah. responsibility comes in. If you do, if you listen to this podcast or anybody else's podcast and you haven't heard that before, then I don't know what you're listening to. But <laughs> we were talking about a Bitcoin being a Bitcoin. That's great. Uh, but a mm-hmm. Bitcoin is also an investment in a road to a lot of people think um, greater wealth, right? Or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know, they want a return on their investment. Uh, but this this could just you know totally very hinder the market and like Kevin Kevin O'Leary said, um, who is the Shark Tank investor for everybody, mm-hmm. uh, he said that he well he was largely invested in FTX and he got burned and he said this was a bad investment I got fooled too I mean and honestly sophisticated investors like Kevin O'Leary got burned you know that you know unsophisticated investors I don't like that term but um, also got burned he said that institutional money will not come back into the space until this shit gets fixed. I want your comments and your opinions. Do you think Bitcoin will see that 69,000 on the next cycle of of happening and, and over like it has historically done? And the second one is, is what is it going to take for institutional money to get back into the space? Yeah, so great, great comments, great, great things to bring up. So as we all know, Bitcoin is what? TikTok next block. That's just the way it works. Listen, Bitcoin's been in existence now for 14 years. We just had its 14th year birthday anniversary for the white paper, and it's still in existence. Bitcoin has been through these boom-bust cycles, what, how many times? Four, five times now? Listen, there's always some issue that comes up that's like out of control. Back when the Bitcoin block wars happened, everyone lost their minds. Oh my God, what's going to happen with Bitcoin? It's going to fork. This has never happened before. Uh, Bitcoin Cash comes. Bitcoin Satoshi Vision comes. Both of them, where the hell are they? Gone. Well, one of them might have an issue, but we won't get there. But Bitcoin is still Bitcoin, right? And so then all of a sudden, we have this whole CFI explosion. Uh, actually, before that, it was it was COVID. Uh, everybody runs, and Bitcoin drops down, and it comes back. And then we have CFI contagion. Boom, it comes. The FBX is just another one of these road bumps. Bitcoin is going to keep going. People do not freeze time. Yes, it's bad right now, very bad. But what happens when we get five, another five years, another 10 years, another 20 years in the future? People will look back at this just like we're looking back at all the other crap that happens. So do I believe it's ever going to get to 69000 Absolutely, without a doubt in my mind, I believe that will happen. When is the question? And and like they said, I think it was I think it was uh, if it wasn't uh, Michael Saylor, it was somebody else that says the winter's just going to be a lot longer than we thought. That's all. 
Well, I'm going to go back to my uh, institutional uh, question or comments. Do you think that institutional money will come back in here as well? And by the way, just to define everybody, um, the 14th anniversary for Bitcoin's white paper was October 31st on Halloween. Uh, so every Halloween is an anniversary of the white paper. And again, I don't want to derail and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But yes, what Kevin O'Leary said is partially true. I think that when something that institutions say, okay, we can get in. Regulation in the U.S. has been there and is there. And I think that there is still some some mix up as to what is required when it comes to regulation. Does regulation mean, because when, when you think about Bitcoin, Bitcoin doesn't need regulation. It's already been proven the commodity. This has been cleared. If investors wants to get into Bitcoin, you have carte blanche to go into Bitcoin. No reg government regulator is going to come chop your hands off if you get into Bitcoin institutions. So you can't say regulation. Again, crypto, that's a whole different ball game. Okay, we're talking, we're talking Bitcoin. So if institution wants to get into Bitcoin, they should be able to do that right now. And regulation, SVF was regulated. This was a regulated exchange. Now, it might not have been regulated in certain aspects, but it was regulated. It even says it on their website. So I don't know if regulation coming in, Kevin O'Leary, is going to bring the institutions. I think there's something that institutions are looking for. And to be honest, I don't know what it is to enter Bitcoin. One thing he did mention was the Stablecoin Act, which is in Congress right now. They're sitting on their hands with it. And this is an act uh, that's going to be or that should be passed by Congress. I can, I back it. I haven't read the whole thing through. So there might be some footnotes in there that we might not agree with as an as a industry. Um, but uh, it basically says that a stablecoin needs to be backed one to one with the currency that they're trying to represent. So if it's a USD stablecoin, it should be backed by a US dollar. That's it. One dollar to one dollar, one euro to one euro, one pound to one pound. Do you agree with that sort of regulation? Well, the stablecoin stuff, which I think is, is being handled, I think USDC is going to become the digital dollar. I've always said that. I think USDC is so far ahead of all the other stablecoins, including Tether, even though its market cap is not as high. Yes, I think that if we're going to get to the point to where we're going to try to equate a stable coin with currency, Yes, you're going to need regulation to say this must be audited and it must be regulated such that one to one can be proven and that there is no, again, I, I think Travis claimed there's no fuckery when it comes to how it's handled. This USDT situation and is it really backed one to one? We know USDC is audited. It's being audited by, and I forget the auditing firm, but they're audited. They have a, a quarterly report that comes out to show you. So as long as that's being maintained, yeah, I think that's going to help a lot of people. Reg I think it's going to help a lot of these institutions use USDC to trade crypto. And that's where we're going to start having problems is that these institutions are going to still try to trade crypto instead of being in Bitcoin. You bring up a good point about auditing, but auditing failed when it came to Alameda and FTX and FTX US. And it was using the same firms. And it sounds like the same firm that audited FTX was auditing uh, crypto.com. And uh, they're just part of the space. And that goes to the exchanges. Look, there is allegations. Um, uh, the, it hasn't been completely confirmed, but it is. It is pretty like, hey, looks. I see smoke over there. It might be a fire. Um, that Crypto.com was sending the same batch of Ethereum to Huobi and and um, and uh, what was the other exchange? Um, 
that crypto.com was sending uh oh gate.io gate.io gate. gate. exactly yes. so yes. so hobby gate.io uh, crypto.com was basically sending around the same 300,000 plus ethereum to show that they have proof of reserves because you know when this happened everybody i got emails from binance.us uh, and uh, kraken and everybody says oh don't worry about us we're cool everybody said the same thing don't worry we're cool FTX said the same thing. We're cool. FTX US said the same thing. We're cool. The FTX US said we have proof of reserves. We're audited. It was the same auditor that did crypto.com. Uh, Gate is now getting the same F. It looks as though it does it auditing actually matter. And how do you create that? I don't know if I can trust auditing at this point. It seems as though it is all fuckery. Yep. And this is where I go back to, again, not to put on my Bitcoin maxi hat. And I told many people, I'm not a maxi, I'm a maxi light. Listen, I'm telling people, as long as you're going to keep playing in crypto, then yeah, you need auditing. You need all this other stuff. Bitcoin doesn't need that. It's open. It's public ledger. You can see all the transactions. You don't need proof of reserves. You don't need all of this other nonsense. And I agree with you, Matthew. Listen, when people start coming and I talk about proof of reserve, I'm sorry. Thou lady dots protest too much. Listen, I don't have to come out and start proving all this stuff if I'm really being above board. And it does concern me. And this is why I wrote what I wrote. Who do you believe now? We can't believe anybody because all of these people that we thought were legit above board, Scaramucci, you know, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, I mean, you know, and I don't want to run through all the names, but there's a lot of names out there that I used to listen to. And I was like, oh, yeah, these people that this is why Sam Bankman free got pictures with everybody. He was shaking hands. Tom Brady. Everyone fell for this crap. Like, how did this happen at this scale? It's ridiculous. But it failed because guess what? They were trusting in a man. And they weren't trusting in the code. When Bitcoin, you trust in the code. You trust in the math, not the man. I think that brings up a good point. You know, all this stuff. When bank, the banks went under 2008, big short, we all know it. Everybody asked how this could happen. And when they started digging into the books, the um, you know portfolios, the mortgages, how they're backed, what was being sold and bought and who was buying and selling. They just saw all kinds of, again, fuckery. And so because of the lack of transparency is why they were able to do this and get away with this for so long until the Jenga tower started falling down, right? And this is what you're saying is that when you do things on chain, you have a transparency aspect to it. And this is how people are finding out about the reserves of Ethereum that these companies, the exchanges are claiming to have because everything is on chain. You cannot, unless they're sending everything through uh, tornado, tornado cash uh, to these exchanges, which will even look even shadier to have five or uh, uh, 300,000 Ethereum just sort of certain all of a sudden pop up into their accounts. <laughs> I'd be like, where did this come from? It's very auditable because of the on chain action. Do you think that? We're going to see more exchanges go down. Now, I again, my opinion, I think I think Crypto.com's done, and I think they're going to be done within within a month. I think Paul B is going to keep itself afloat by um, uh, being a just purchased exchange by I think it was uh, Acorn. Um, I can't remember mm, who the company was that, that just purchased them. Anyway, they just got purchased, um, and I think Binance is still doing the same practice as everybody else. I think that if you have your own coin. 
and that's your own coin for say uh, Binance or Crow or Huobi, which is FT token or FTT. You're using your token for collateral and pumping that price so you can borrow against it with real dollars. Everybody has done this, but I think Binance might come out clean. And that's just because I think they operated in a little smarter fashion. doesn't mean they're not doing the same practices. Uh, what's your prediction about some of these exchanges? You're right. I think we're going to probably see some more exchanges have problems. But and, and, and I'm glad you brought up the exchanges that have tokens, right? Because I think those are the ones that's in trouble. Kraken doesn't have a token, I don't think. Coinbase doesn't have a token. Gemini doesn't have a token. And if you think about it, of all this mess, there is one exchange that I don't think anybody's tweeted about, have talked about, and that's Gemini. Nobody's talking about Gemini. Why? Gemini is the Goldman Sachs of exchanges, and I'll tell you why. Those guys are, they have their SOC 1, SOC 2, Type 1, Type 2 certifications. They've been heavily regulated. The Winklevoss twins have done this thing right, and they also are not on Twitter tweeting bullshit every day. These guys got their heads down doing what they got to do. Now, will we hear word that Gemini is? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But this is why I go back to saying, folks, If and again, I know it's on Bitcoin Maxi, but I'm telling you, just stick with Bitcoin and you're going to be okay. But if you keep playing with crypto, you're going to get your butt handed to you at some level. All right. So I don't trust them. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't trust them either. <laughs> don't trust Verify, right? That's it. Don't All right. Trust so, Verify. So, so there's a couple of headlines that, Decrypt.com, I'm sorry, what I just say? Decrypt.com, Decrypt.co, uh, Decrypt Media. I don't even know where the hell, who the hell I, I work for. Who, who employs me, Paul? I have no clue. Um, there's a couple, a couple of articles that they put out, and I just want to ask you about them because I have some red yes. flags myself. First one is Binance announces, Binance CEO, CZ Zhao, announces the Industry Recovery Fund amid FTX exchange collapse. And he says there's a lot of good companies that were just tied up in this that we shouldn't let fail because they're great companies. So let's try to bail them out. My first, I, I see bullshit here. And, and why do I see bullshit is this is the same thing that Sam Bankman-Fried said about these other companies, you know, um, Voyager, BlockFi, you know, whatever he was trying to purchase. When uh, Luna collapsed, and three hours capital collapsed and took them down and their funds were all tied up. It sounds as though he's doing the same thing as SBF. And it looks as though he's not trying to save the companies, but these companies that are going to fall could take, could expose hit their Binance's weaknesses or their fuckery in the back end. And so he wants to scoop them up before anybody can do due diligence on their back end. Um, because they want to either liquidate or file bankruptcy or do a chapter 11 or, or whatever. This is what it looks like to me. And this is just unneeded. Let them fail if they're bad companies. And if they're good companies, they're going to succeed. It seems as though there's, a, there's motives involved here. What do you think of that comment? Yeah, Matthew, uh, you know, I view on this. Where is our bailout? Right. Where where is our bailout? Are you coming to bail out all the retail investors that got burnt with Celsius and Voyager? Are you going to bail them out? Hell no. Ain't nobody coming to bail us out. So what's up with this bailout stuff? This is what traditional finance does. And when crypto starts acting like traditional finance, you guys are no better than they are. CZ, good intentions all around. Brother, let them let them go. Let let them fail. Let this whole thing wash itself out and we'll be done with it. But if they're going to pretend to be like Congress and keep kicking the can down the road before, you know, we'll be 30 trillion dollars in debt and crypto. And it just it'll be it'll be a shit show. Let them go. 
Sorry, I'm not. I'm not about bailing anybody out. <laughs> yeah, but what's the, what do you think his motives are? I think his motives is exactly what you said. I think he's a shrewd business guy. I think this dude looks at opportunities and he goes after them however he can. And guess what? If there's any ray of light that it can benefit him, he's going for it. And to prove that, I got Twitter to show the proof. What did he say? He said we were going to bail out Sam. Bankman freed until we looked at the books and found out all the shit they were doing. And then we're hands off. There was no benefit to me. He said, we've got a better platform. We've got better customers. We, what do I need you for? I don't need you. So bye-bye. I'm not going to help you. Now, had Sam Bankman freed had something that CZ wanted, he would have bailed him out. Do you think he's a good actor? Good is a crazy term. I, no, I don't think anybody is good. I think people are <laughs> self-aggrandizing. I think, hey, listen, if it benefits me, I'm going to take care of me. And if that's good or bad, I, here's the thing. I don't think he's necessarily the wisest. Listen, he is a man just like everybody else. He's probably got greed in his heart just like everybody else. And he is going to try and see where he can get a leg up. That's just the way the business world is. This is capitalism at its best, right? This is what we do. Or it's worst. Uh, it's at its worst, yes. <laughs> it's best or it's worst. You, you, you define it. I'm not here to define terms. Uh, That's but right. Visa pulls the rug on FTX partnership. FTX is losing a lot of partnerships. I mean, this is pretty expected, correct? It is. It is. And it should be. They're, they're like rats on a sinking ship. They're jumping off like crazy and everybody's dropping them. And this is what everybody does, right? Let, let an NFL player do something all crazy. They start pulling endorsements left and right right that's what they have to do they can't stay on this ship and they know it do you think that crypto.com's the crypto.com arena do you think that the uh, lakers should just pull that before there's any bullshit you like <laughs> just cut it before because i was thinking about this I, I said it when they named the staples to crypto.com and i was like you're taking an iconic name and turn it to crypto.com and if crypto.com goes tits up you are literally setting a legacy of fail. It's like it's, a, it's like a billboard for failure, you know, a billboard for scammy bullshit. We see that there's problems. You think they should just preemptively say, "Nah, let's let, let's take this off." I can tell you what. I guarantee you, the board of directors is sitting around the table right now asking that exact same question, and they probably are, and they probably will. And as a matter of fact, and if they don't, and everything works out okay, I think it'd be fine. If it goes crazy. I'll tell you right now, there's not another stadium in this country that's ever going to do this again. They're like, we're done. We're never, even if you guys clean your act up, I don't think it's going to come back. The Cleveland Brown Stadium is called First Energy, and First Energy has a major scandal here in Ohio of bribery with elected officials. And, well, they're still on the stadium. So <laughs> who, knows, who knows what these companies will tolerate, right? That's true. That's true. Weekly, weekly exchange volume on DeFi just hit $32 billion amid FTX collapse. It seems to me is that people wanted, human nature wants the easiest path, just like anything, water, wind, whatever. You're going to take the easiest path of resistance, right? When you're moving through space and time. And centralized exchanges were the easiest paths. They, they are the easiest path. You connect them to your bank account, you buy some crypto, you keep them there. Even Robinhood even made it even simpler. You connect your bank account, you don't have to even think about it. They don't even, I don't even know if they have crypto in, in Robinhood, man. It's, <laughs> to be honest with you, nobody knows. You can't take it off, so who knows? Do they have crypto or are they just like pegging uh, their purchases to the price of Dogecoin or SHIB or something? Um, but now DeFi is go going and, and decentralized exchanges are becoming more popular or having a boom in the light of this 
do you think that this trend is going to continue? I don't think it is because just the human nature, we're going to see people centralized around certain exchanges. What would you say about that? Do you agree with that? And what do you say to the future of DeFi and, and, and decentralized exchanges? I think it's got a pop, right? It, it got its little pop because of this news. And, and I agree with you. It takes the path, the least resistance. This is just human nature. And I agree with you. Here's the thing. Will it, will it, will like everybody go to DeFi? No, they won't because it's hard and it's difficult to do it. Even if it becomes easy, they probably still won't. I am still shocked, Matthew, at the people that still use, and I kid you not, still use BlockFi. I'm like, what the living F? Like, did you guys not learn from the Celsius Voyager? But you guys are going to use BlockFi? They are in trouble. Sam Bankman Free bailed these idiots out. Like, why would you do that? Because people are still, they don't get it. This is the problem with not your keys, not your coin. People don't get it because, I mean, not your coins, not your keys. Uh, they, 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 they still are, even though you, and this is, and I will say this, Caitlin Long, she said over and over and over and over again, and I even ignored Caitlin. Uh, and she is probably the wisest person in this space. She has told us time and time again, you guys can't do this. And we still do it. Why? Because we think we are smarter and sometimes we're just lazy and sometimes it's just easy. So DeFi, yes, it will see some some attraction as a result of this, but not everybody's going to use it. There's still going to be people who use crypto.com, even though you just told them they might be in trouble. And eh, Matthew doesn't know what he's talking about. The U.S. regulators are are looking at this right now, and obviously the same chorus of people. Um, you have Elizabeth Warren, you have Brad Sherman, uh, saying that we told you so, we told you so. And in hindsight, how can you argue with them? To be honest with you, you can't. Like, hey, you know what? A lot of people got wrecked, and Elizabeth Warren has been, you know, uh, tooting that trumpet for the past, you know, months, year, or maybe, and so you can't blame them. I'm kind of wondering how this is going to trickle down into regulation from Congress. Like, what do you think this is going to look like? Do you think this is going to be a complete block on anything that's not totally registered with the SEC, like maybe Coinbase would have to do, and you'd have to need a lot of capital to create um, a centralized exchange, as well as stablecoin uh, regulation. But I'm 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 not too sure what they can do in, on a global sense of this. Yeah, it's, you know... And anytime you say Brad Sherman, you have to say punk ass in front of it. I just have to say that, but <laughs> punk ass Brad Sherman. <laughs> Thanks, Travis, for that. Uh, you know, listen, I'm going to read the last bullet point on this. And, and a colleague of mine over at Quantum Economics, Marty Greenspan, tweeted about this, and he's talking about regulation. So on FTX's website, this is at help.ftx.com, under their jurisdiction, regulation, licensing, and practices, Number 15 says this, FTX International is not offered in the United States of America. If you're looking for a U.S. platform, you can go to FTX U.S., which, along with its subsidiaries, holds money transmitter, money service business, derivatives clearing organization, designated contract market, swap execution facility, broker dealer, and other licenses in the United States. Brad Sherman, what the hell do you want as far as regulation? Because obviously these guys were regulated. So regulation is not it, Brad Sherman, sorry. Will it help stop bad actors? I try to send a message to you, Matthew. Listen, <clears throat> this is back to the gun debates again. If I am a good guy, and I'm an upstanding citizen, and I buy guns, a whole shit ton of them, and then one day I just fucking lose it, 
and I go shoot up the mall, everyone will scream gun control. It's not gun control. It's this idiot who has decided to do something that's absolutely asinine. Sam Bankman-Fried and his cohort of idiots is to blame for this. Has nothing to do with regulation. Of obviously, it can't. They were regulated. Jason Calacanis of the All In podcast and also of um, this week in startups, uh, he said that you know every in- retail investor should take a test to become a uh, sophisticated in air quotes investor and allow retail to get into it. But you just shouldn't just say, hey, go ahead and ape into it willy nilly. Take a test, prove that you know what derivatives are, shorting, longing, a balanced portfolio. What does that look like? Risk assessments, blah, 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 blah. Just understand the terms, understand the conditions, understand all this stuff, and then let them go invest. But do not link these investments or who can invest to how much money you have because that's a it's a false test to say, oh, he has money, so therefore he knows how to deal with money. No, you just might just have money and you're an idiot, right? There's plenty of those people. Uh, do you think that's a good uh, suge- suggestion for people in just buying stocks or these retail investors in general? I mean, I, I think that it, that could be a good way, um, but... I'm scared that they're going to lock out retail investors. And another thing that is interesting is the amount of insider money that has been moving around Washington with this. Uh, Sam's, you know, five five million we heard many times to Joe Biden, and another twenty plus million to other Congress people, and meeting with Gary Gensler and meeting with uh, senators and congressmen, which they all do. You're lobbying for your industry. What do you think of the retail investment test? And what do you think that uh, this insider money, do you, do you think that's just going to be, they're trying to insulate that money? Clear disclosure. Matthew, again, I had a lot of money, right, invested in these platforms. And because I didn't even understand risk assessment well enough, got burned. Yes, I think there's something that needs to help people understand, listen, how to handle money and how to handle risk if you're going to play with the money. Listen, again, this goes back to Bitcoin. If you were a smart person and you just bought Bitcoin and you put it on a wallet and you kept it, all of this is out the window. You don't need any of this crap because Bitcoin is going to do what it needs to do for you. But the moment you get involved into trading and dealing with all these different assets and this leverage and all this other nonsense, you better understand risk because right then and there, you can prevent half of this catastrophe if you did. This is what CZ was doing, right? CZ said, hey, we got wind of some funny business. We had a lot of exposure, well, not a lot. They had some exposure to FTT. And he said, I found it. This is time I need to get out of this because we learned from Luna, right? He learned from the Luna debacle. They got burned there. He says, like, I'm not gonna get burned again. So I'm gonna get my butt out of this now while I can. And I'm gonna try to do it in a way that's not gonna damage the market as a result. And this is when the whole domino started to fall. So yes, I think investors, if you're gonna be an investor, a true investor, you should understand some of these concepts before you dip your toe in the water and start doing all this stuff. When it comes to your second question, and I forgot exactly what that was now, uh, but I think it had to do with the, the insider the, money, the, like just the, yeah, the institutional yeah. money that's flopping around in Washington. Yes. Yes. Someone said that Sam bought insurance and this is what traditional folks did. This is why they said one of the banks didn't really get hit hard because they paid a lot of these politicians. And so he did enough. But then when he backtracked and didn't give him the full billion, he should have given him the full billion because he probably will get a slap on the wrist. But now they'll probably take him down. Hmm. Hmm. All right. We have. <laughs> One minute and 50 seconds left on this free Zoom subscription because I'm too cheap to pay for it. Yeah, y'all got to make a cheaper subscription service. Just let you know. 
and that's why Google Meets Meetup is or Google Meet is uh, beating y'all. Um, who should we be listening to? You wrote an article. Who should we be listening yeah. to? Yeah. The list isn't long, Matthew. Again, I, Caitlin Long is one of the voices that I've come across that seems to have her stuff together. And she's been right on a lot of different points. And so Caitlin's one. This other guy, Mark Cahotis, I, I, I didn't hear about him until recently. And so, but he posted something. He had an interview on October 11th where he talked about this. He says, Sam Bankman-Fried dodges the question of where did he get his money? And this, Matthew, probably too long for this discussion, but that's a question a lot of people should start asking. Where did Sam really get funded? Because this dude came out of nowhere and all of a sudden just got billions upon billions of dollars. Some, I think it was more to this than what we think. And I think it's interwoven with politics, regulators, legislators. I don't know if this was an intent to take down the crypto industry or not, but if so, they did a pretty good job. And obviously, I'm going to put the caveat on the end is uh, two things. Brian Armstrong said he was looking at uh, the money that Sam Bankman-Fried was uh, throwing around in his revenue. He's like, how is this even possible? And who to listen to? Listen to yourself. Always listen to your gut. Uh, Crypto curator Paul McNeil, thanks for coming on the show and wrapping out with us. We're going to be wrapping out about this for probably weeks or months because this is absolutely crazy when the dominoes start to fall. We'll talk to you again soon, sir. Awesome, man. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. I'll be back tomorrow. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. And until then, good luck hodling, everyone.